Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here today. My name's Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor, and it's my privilege to get to bring the message today as we do kick off a new series called Soul Keeping. Um, I do want to say before we get started that I would encourage you on behalf of our church to please pray uh, for the victims and the families of those overseas that have been um, victims of this terrible evil. And we ask that you pray for the leaders of our world and for peace. Amen. That's our desire. Well, as we begin today, I'd like to ask you a question. How many of you have ever been around someone, maybe you've experienced this yourself, you've been around someone that on the outside things were going so well, uh, from a world standpoint, they had everything they wanted and, and uh, everything they needed, a good job, nice family, things are going well, but on the inside they seem to be in turmoil. They seem to never be at peace or at rest. Has anybody ever met someone like that? All right, most of us. Maybe you've seen the opposite. Maybe you've seen someone that has been through a terrible tragedy or crisis in their life. Maybe they're just even going through a bad time at work or at home. And they have this peace, this calm that is so difficult to even understand. Anybody been around someone like that before? Amen. Well, Abraham Lincoln was a fantastic lawyer before he became president, but he was notorious for being disorganized. It's even told that he had on his desk a folder that was labeled, if you can't find it anywhere else, look here. Does anybody have a cabinet or a drawer or something like that at home that could be labeled that? I know I do. I think many times in our life it seems to be great on the outside, but most of the time on the inside we're kind of relating to that bulging, disorganized folder on Lincoln's desk. We, everything on the outside seems to be okay, but it's our inside that always needs to catch up. It's our inside that always seems to be behind. The word soul gets thrown around a lot. We might say, bless his soul, or she's an old soul. In fact, the main objective here at this church and most churches is to see souls saved. And of course, it's not us that saves the soul. We simply point them to Jesus Christ who can do that. But the fact of the matter is, in Genesis, God took dirt on the ground. He formed it and he made a man. And he breathed life into that man. And he became a living soul. And that soul was created not to be dependent upon himself or to be self-sufficient, but that soul was created in order that he may have a connection eternally with his creator. 
And so, so many times I think we find ourselves lacking or behind because we're trying to do things on our own and we just simply weren't created to do life that way. Well, where is the soul? I mean, where is it located and what is the definition? I think that's a really good question because it seems like an abstract thought to me. And so what I thought I would do is to try to help all of us kind of understand maybe where the soul is and what, is made, what makes up a soul. So I've put con uh, four concentric circles in your program, and they'll be here on the screen. And I want to start by labeling the outside, the, the most outer circle, with the word will. This is our will. Our will is what makes us a person, not a thing. Our will is what gives us a choice of yes or no. However, the will is very limited. I mean, how many of us have willed on Sunday night to wake up and the next day we will exercise, but yet on Monday morning the snooze button wins every time? Have we ever done that? Amen? We will go against our better judgment many times. In fact, we'll probably do that at lunch today, won't we? We will go against our best judgment. Many of us have made a decision to follow Christ, but we still sin, don't we? Because our will is limited. Well, the next inner circle I would like for you to label your mind. This is our mind, and this is pretty obvious what our mind does. It's our thoughts. It's our conscience. It's our values. It's what determines what actions that we carry out. It is the part of us that leads us to the third inner circle, which is the body, which makes the body do things or not do things. Our body is our little kingdom. It's our appetite. It's our habits. It's our behavior. It's what we do because of our will and our mind, our thoughts. And then dead center, I want you to write the word soul. This is our innermost part. It's the part of us where God desires to dwell. That part of us that remains empty unless the creator of the universe is there. It's the innermost part of us that make up the will, the mind, the body. It's sort of like a program in a computer. You don't really know it's there until it messes up. And that is what makes up the soul. Again, it's that void where Jesus desires to be. So with that said, what does an unhealthy soul look like? We hear stories of people that work so hard for things that they tend to leave their family and God and the things that are most important in their life behind. An unhealthy or neglected soul never goes away. It always goes awry. And so when we begin to focus on ourselves, trying to fill ourselves with things, with self-gratification, we still come up empty. Jesus said it this way in Mark 8 and verse 36. He said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Many times we tell our kids, we say, stand up for yourself. We say, believe in yourself. We say, love yourself. And all these things are good, positive things, of course, that we should have good uh, conversations with ourselves. But what if ourself is a train wreck? 
What if our self is the problem? See, it's not that we need to better ourselves. Again, self many times is the issue in our life that we need to change. And we can't do it on our own. We were made for a creator. We were made by God. We were made for God. And only he can take what's wrong on the inside and make it right. So, the soul again reminds us we weren't made for ourselves. Many years back in the Midwest, farmers would take a rope and they would tie it from their home to a barn at the first sight of a blizzard. Why would they do that? Because of the stories that they've heard of people dying in their yards because of whiteouts. They couldn't find their way back home. And so if you're sitting here today and you're, you say, you know what? I feel that void in my life. I feel like I'm struggling through a whiteout that I can't find my way back home. Can I tell you today that God has offered you a rope? That the creator of your soul is offering you a rope, and that rope is Jesus Christ. And if we will grab hold of that rope, that he will lead us home. Inside your program, we've prepared a prayer. And if you're here today, and you say, you know what, in my soul, there's a hole. And I need someone to fill it. I would ask you, along with me, as I read this, that you would just read this to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to do it quietly there. And if you mean it with all of your heart, God will come in, and he will fill that void, that emptiness inside your heart. This is what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. And rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd encourage you today, please, if you did make that prayer yours, that you would, on the back of your connection card, just check the box that says, Today I've prayed the prayer to become a follower of Christ. We just want to pray for you this week. We want to send you some material in the mail to help you on your journey. And I'd ask that you would even go a step further. There's two opportunities left this year for baptism. What better way to say thank you to God at this Thanksgiving season than to, through obedience? Do you know many times in our soul may be at rest or at unrest because we're not being obedient? Obedience many times leads to peace in our life. And so I challenge you, if you made that decision today, that you would consider next week getting baptized. Maybe if you've rededicated your life to Christ over this year and you want to re get rebaptized, that would be a fantastic opportunity to do that. And I encourage you to mark that on the back of your card as well. So if we've committed our life to Christ, if we're on the right path with Him, we're doing our best to be obedient, what do we do at the times when our soul is not at peace? What do we do in the times when everything on the outside is going crazy, but those people that we see on the inside, they have a calm. How do we get that? Well, I think that one of the, the psalmists knew very well in Psalm 42 and 1. He knew how to get there, and he says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. He at least knew first where to turn when he reached those times in his life when it was just a turmoil, it was just a storm 
around him. Again, the saving of our soul is not just so we can know where we go to eternity. It's so that we can live a life of peace and we can live in the potential of what God has called us to live in. It's not about what you're achieving. It's about who you are becoming. That is what God is most interested in. It's not about our comfort. It's about our character and how we're being built up in Him. Jesus did a fantastic job, the master storyteller, talking about how we can tend to our soul. And He gave a story, a parable in Matthew. And it's, a, it's the story or the parable about the farmer who goes out to sow the seed. And the farmer represents God and the seed represents the Word coming into our life. But the story is not, not about a good seed or a bad seed. It's not about a good farmer or a bad farmer. No, it's about the condition of the soil. And so this parable, this story, I believe we can relate to the condition of our soul. And Jesus teaches us how to tend to this very well. So Matthew 13, 3 through 8, we'll pick up with Jesus talking. He says this, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So first, Jesus tells us, some fell on a footpath. It was hard. It was where the farmers would walk back and forth. It's where the sheep would walk from the field to get water. And so there wasn't very much soil there. It was very hard. There was nowhere for it to take root. And so the birds came and ate away the seed. Well, number one, what does this hardened soil represent? I believe it represents a closed soul. A closed soul. These people have been hurt. They've been disappointed. It may even lead to bitterness. It may even lead to cynicism. They don't realize that the hurt that, they, that has been given to them, the hurt that they have experienced, they are now using that to hurt other people. We say a lot around here, hurting people hurt people. And so a person has become hardened. They become cold. We all know of family members and friends who have not talked to other family members or friends for years because of hurt. And then later pride and then bitterness. Remember, the seed is very strong. And if just given half a chance, it can take root and give life. Seeds can break up sidewalks if given just half a chance to breathe. So what do we do if we find ourselves in a place where we find a hard shell around our soul? We're closed off to those that love us. We're closed off to those that maybe we love the most to people, to emotion. What do we do? Well, I think the action step that we can 
used to combat being a closed soul is this, acts of kindness. Isn't it amazing that the more we focus on trying to fill ourselves up, the more empty we feel, but the minute that we begin giving to others, we feel filled up. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony, and that seems so opposite and so bizarre, but it's the truth. Whatever you give will be given back to you. So I don't feel like doing kind things when I'm mad, do I? I don't feel like doing good, especially at home when I'm mad. I don't feel like even being kind to God sometimes when I'm hurt with Him. When I'm mad at him. So what can I do? Make yourself. One act of kindness each day. If you're at a place to where you're like, look, I I am. I find myself, I'm hurt with everybody around me. I don't know which end is up. I have this hard shell. I would just ask you today, just leave here and just smile at someone. Encourage someone. Encourage someone at home. Talk to the person in the drive-thru window or at the restaurant when you leave today. Encourage them. Maybe that will lead to serving in the church. Maybe that will lead to sharing your message outside these walls with the world. One act at a time can cause little by little this hard shell to fall away. Well, the second type of soil that Jesus mentioned here is the shallow soil. And I think this represents a superficial soul. He says that some seed fell on the rocky soil. And this isn't that the rocky, uh, that the soil was, was mixed in with rocks. It wasn't that at all. It was just that there was a thin layer of soil with a bedrock underneath. Just a layer of rock. It's very shallow. The soul's most desperate need is depth. The soul's most desperate need is deep connections with your Creator and deep connections with each other. What is it that we can do to combat against the shallowness of life? Because isn't that where we live most of the time? Most of the time we live in the shallow end of the pool and we only get glimpses of the depths. Maybe through births of children. Maybe through deaths that we experience. We... We get a glimpse of the depths and how that there's more out there than meets the eye. I think our action step here is to reflect. Reflect on God's goodness. By this, I mean that we recognize and we think on the the thought that there is more outside of what meets the eye. There is more outside of what's going on right in front of us in our life. There is a bigger plan. God is working for your good. He loves you. And He wants the best life for you. He wants you, no matter what's going on around you, to live at peace with Him. Which brings peace in all situations. At this Thanksgiving time of the year, it's so important to reflect and to be thankful. A wise man once said, To be grateful teaches us not to be hateful. So I would encourage you to learn to reflect, to learn 
to be grateful. It doesn't come naturally. We have to learn. We have to discipline ourselves to do this. The psalmist in one, uh, Psalm 116 and 7 says this, Return to rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Has God been good to you? It's not for certain that David wrote this psalm. In fact, some scholars think that Hezekiah wrote this psalm. So we're just not sure. But one of the interesting things is, if Hezekiah did write this particular psalm, we know and feel confidently that it was about a time in his life when God told him he was going to die. Whoa. The prophet came to him and said, you are going to die. Almost to give him the day, the time, and when it was going to happen and how it was going to happen. And Hezekiah began to cry out to God. You can read in scripture his prayer. And God heard his prayer. And he said, Hezekiah, not only are you not going to die, but I'm going to give you 15 more years. So Hezekiah praised God by saying, return to rest, O my soul. Return to the place that you were. Because God has been good to you. Well, I think the third type of soil that Jesus talked to us about is the cluttered soil. I think this represents a busy soul. Can we relate to this one? I mean, I think everyone in the room probably wonders how they can be less busy and more at peace. Jesus said that other seeds fell among the cluttered areas of the garden, that the tiny plants would grow, but the weeds and the thistles and the thorns would come and it would choke out the plant. And Jesus was speaking here to the cares and the worries of this life that tend to choke out what he's trying to do inside of us. Someone said long ago that the devil may not can make you sin, but he can sure make you busy. And if we begin to be so busy that we can't focus on what it is God is trying to do in us, the good things get choked out. I think we make a, a mistake and, and we mistake clutter for life. I think many times we feel that if we're not busy, if we're not running to and fro, that our life doesn't matter. But I think there's something we can do to combat that. I think an action step that we can take, if you look at your calendar and you wish you were at more at peace, I believe the action step to take is to create margin. Create margin. What is margin? I don't know about you, but I remember getting promoted from first grade to second grade. And I remember that in first grade, for the most part, we used those writing tablets. I don't know if they still do that today. But it had the white horse, you know, on the front, and it had the blue line with the pink dotted line in the middle, and we'd have to stay between the lines, and we would write, my name is, every day in the date. And then we get to go to second grade, and we graduate to grown-up notebook paper. It's so cool. It's got pink margins on the, on the sides. And the teacher gets on to us if we go past the pink line. Why? Because it makes our paper look so much neater and there's space on the side. Can I ask you today, where's your space? Where's your margins? Why do we continually cross over them 
And you say, well, what do I need in that space? You need time. You need time to reflect. You need time for acts of kindness. You need time for God to talk to you. You need time to read his word. You need time to be grateful and be centered in the peace that God longs for you. Where's your space? Where's your margin? Does it mean getting up 15 minutes earlier or maybe going to bed 15 minutes later? Why? So you can have time and space. Time gets away from us, doesn't it? I mean, all the things that we have to do, but God is over here saying, hey, give me some space and I'll give you peace. So what is it that we want in our life? Do you want to be busy or do you want peace? I want to say to you today, I commend you. Because those of you that are here at church today, you know what you've done? You've created space. You've made God a priority today in your calendar. To come here, to hear wonderful music that points to Him. To hear a message that hopefully will bring things to your remembrance. That will remind you of the life that God wants for you. To hear His word and to pray. You've made space today. And you're at an advantage that others that are not in church today will not have. You've created margin. And so I want to encourage you in that today. The last type of soil that Jesus talked about was the fertile soil. And I think this represents a healthy soul. The place that we all want to reach. If we do all these things, if we have acts of kindness, if we take time to reflect, if we create margin in our life to spend time with Him, I think this is the place that we land. It's a healthy soul. The Bible said, Jesus said, still other seed fell among fertile soil, and a crop was harvested that was more than what was planted. Amazing. There's so much to say in just that line. It's again about who we are becoming and not what we are achieving. God gives us a glimpse even into his soul. In Leviticus 26 and 11, I think it's so important. And he tells us what he will do if we'll make room for him. Leviticus 26, 11 says, I will make my dwelling among you. And watch this, my soul will not reject you. From the deepest part of God. He has said, if you will create space, if you'll create margin, I'll come and I'll dwell. For the busyness of life, I'll plant peace. I'll plant faithfulness. I'll plant joy. What do you want in your life? Create a place. Create space. Reflect on how, God, on how good God is. And show how good He is through your acts of kindness. And I promise you, if you'll do these things, He will come and dwell with you. Horatio Spafford was a man that invested everything he had into real estate in the late 1800s. He was a man that lived, unfortunately... To see all of his investments go up in flames because of the great Chicago fire in 1871. With no insurance, Horatio even lost all of his money. 
1873, just two years later, he put his wife and four daughters on a ship headed to England as sort of a getaway for the past two years of tragedy that they had endured. Sadly, just a few days after they left, Horatio received a telegram and it said simply this, Saved alone, what shall I do? Unfortunately, there had been a shipwreck and all four daughters had perished in the shipwreck. Horatio quickly went to board the next ship to England to be reunited with his wife. And as he passed over the place where his daughters had perished in the Atlantic, he penned the words to this song, this famous hymn, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever life brings your way, there is someone who wants to connect with your soul. For peace to live and dwell there. My question is, will you choose life for your soul? We're going to pray, and when I pray, there's going to be members of our prayer team here. But also, we're going to open the altars today. If there's any of you that like to come and just tend to your soul, you are welcome to do that. Would you stand with me? Father, we thank you that you love us because we are broken vessels and God our souls go awry because we leave you behind we get distracted we get busy and we ask you to forgive us we ask you Lord to help us to tend to our soul where you can plant the seeds of faith of peace of joy the things that you want for us we ask that you help us Lord to show acts of kindness based on how we've reflected on your goodness, based on the space that we've created in our life to do your will and to hear your voice. We pray for those victims overseas that you would give peace and healing that once again we can all say, it is well with my soul. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, 
I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.